Welcome to episode six of It's All Relative. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, we are the Fanspeak.com team and family. We are covering everything football and sharing our love for the game with you. I'm Megan. I'll be your moderator each week. And I also run Fanspeak.com with my brother, Steve. Let's introduce the rest of our Fanspeak team and family. We have my brother, Steve, who is our Fanspeak resident NFL draft expert and content manager. Steve, how are you tonight? Uh, doing all right. Uh, looking looking forward to talking some football again, and then of course rooting for the Nats later tonight. Oh, that's right. We got to wrap up before World Series game too. That's right. Um, and then we have our cousin Brad, who is Fanspeak's data manager. Brad, how are you tonight? I'm quite all right. All right. All right. Well, yeah, we had a week a little week hiatus. We are back and we are ready to discuss everything football. That's college, NFL, fantasy football. So let's jump right to it. First, we're gonna we do our um, movie quote or weekly gif, which summarizes the week in football, and um, we each pick one to to kind of sum up the week in football for us. So I'll go first real quick. I didn't have a good one this week, um, but my fantasy weekend was not great. Um, so. Um, the boys helped me explain this. You might have to jump in, but it's it's the gif of the Joker where he's lighting a ton of money on fire, and uh, it's really good in gif form. But uh, it basically summarized my week in in daily fantasy football on DraftKings because I did not have Aaron Rodgers, I did not have Marvin Jones Jr., um, I did not have Darren Waller, so it was a rough week for me. So that's mine. Uh, Brad, what's yours? Um, mine is a movie quote this week, and. It is in reference to Wisconsin losing as a 30-point favorite, which is inconceivable, which is a quote from The Princess Bride. Um, and, you know, them losing really puts a damper on their matchup this weekend against Ohio State. That would have been a possibly top-five matchup, yeah. um, but definitely about top-six or seven matchup. But now, I don't even know what Wisconsin's ranked now, but it definitely moves that game to further down the list on must-watch games. Well, that, that's a good point, but such a good movie that you picked from, too. <laughs> I like it. Princess Bride. All right, Steve, what's your movie quote for the week? Uh, mine is... Uh, the quote's pretty popular, but the movie is definitely old school. Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross, and Alec Baldwin saying, Coffee is for closers. And that is in reference to Bill Belichick being by far just the best closer when it comes to making deals and making moves uh, to put his team to always find the edge and always put his team over the top. You know, the Mohamed Sanu deal, I don't think this was on pe people's radars. Um, they knew the Patriots were maybe looking for another receiver, uh, but just he goes out there. It's a second-round pick. It's a high price to pay, but for them, it's championship or bust. And, you know, nobody if New England gets another ring, nobody's questioning that second round pick. So uh, with the news coming out today that Josh Gordon is on IR and then likely to be released when he's medically cleared, it shows that they felt they needed to do this and uh, makes put, I think put things in even more perspective for them. Yeah. Yeah. That is an excellent point. All right, guys, we're going to switch over to college football. Our first segment is um, college football significant stats. And Brad, I came up, I just was looking for an S word that went with stats. So if you have a better one, um, let us know, or if you you at home have a better one, let us know. But Brad, what are the three key or significant stats in college football, either from the past week or looking ahead to this week? Yeah, so um, the first one is kind of a team slash player stat. Um, it's about SMU, SMU's quarterback, Shane, I don't know how you say his last name, um, <laughs> but he threw for a career high of 457 yards against a pretty good Temple team, and now SMU is 7-0 and for the first time since 1982. Um, they still have some tough teams left on their schedule um, with Memphis and Tulane. And, you know, if they get through all that, whoever they face in the conference championship game. But um, the reason why I bring up SMU is because they are now the highest ranked group of five team. And thus, they are the in the driver's seat for the New Year's Six Bowl berth for the highest string group of five team, um, which I believe is the Cotton Bowl this year. Um, oh. So it would be right down the road for, from them and, you know, could be a, a game they could possibly win with an atmosphere, or almost a home atmosphere. Right. Um, the next stat is uh, Ohio State has allowed 10 or fewer points in six consecutive games, oh, which wow. is their longest streak since 2006, 
when they finished 12 and 0 and lost to uh, Florida in the championship game. Um, this is probably why one of the reasons. This is probably one of the reasons why they have Clemson beneath Ohio State in the AP poll. Um, that and if Clemson doesn't beat UNC by one, instead of you know they win by 20 plus, I bet Clemson's still one or two because um, they've looked just as dominant. But my last stat is Baylor, and they are one of three teams since 1937 to start seven and zero within two seasons of starting zero and seven. Oh, that is interesting. So. Uh, UCF actually did it a couple years ago. They went winless, and then two years after that, they won every game they played. And then the other team that did it was uh, Minnesota in the late 50s, which was a powerhouse, obviously, because um, we were all alive for that. But um, they still have two of their toughest teams on the schedule with Oklahoma and Texas. Um, but, you know, that Texas game is looking more and more winnable with the depleted defense who just gave up, you know, 570 yards to Kansas. Um, so I think Baylor could have a real shot at at least a an appearance in the Big 12 championship game. And, you know, you can't win it if you don't make it. So you don't know what happens in those kind of games. Right. Um, but the turnaround by uh, Matt Rule has been out of this world. Yeah. And I was to have a follow-up question to that. Is that a lot less common? It feels like a it happens some in, in NFL, but is that a really a lot less common in college, right? Because you're building yeah. a program. It, it's a lot of trying to get guys to, it's, I mean, it's all in the recruiting and people right. buying into the system. Um, you know, it's hard when you're going 0 and 7 to get guys that want to come to your school, especially yeah. after the scandal they went through. Because, right. you know, everything's just going downhill from there. And to get guys to want to come there and, um, buy into the system it, it you know it's not easy also winning seven games is not easy either right um, no matter who you are so um yeah you, so it's an interesting stat for multiple yeah. reasons yeah all right well very nice well um now let's go on the clock with steve and let's talk um big board and players steve you just did a big a huge big board update um which players um, saw the biggest rise in your big board? Uh, well, first, I just wanted to follow up on a, sure. a couple things that uh, you know Brad was saying, and and it is actually really true. Like we have a lot of surprising seven and zero, six and one type teams this year. Um, and actually, speaking of Minnesota, the powerhouse, that's another seven and zero team. They they just crushed Rutgers. Uh, they haven't played anyone ranked yet, and they will avoid Ohio State. Um, but they have a they have a real chance of you know going on a run because I do think we've seen some cracks in Iowa and a few of the other teams that they face. So that that's going to be interesting to watch them going forward. Um, and then the other point I wanted to uh, make off what Brad was saying was that this point in Wisconsin game, uh, you know that. Granted, it was in Illinois, and you know, as we've seen, co uh, college road teams, it's a much different environment than pro, uh, than the home field advantage that pro teams even have. But uh, that, th I think, this was clearly a case of them just looking ahead of their schedule and just did not see Illinois coming. And you know, Lovey Smith uh, had that Illinois team playing well, and you know, Jonathan Taylor still had a solid game, um, but. The Wisconsin defense, which played really well throughout the year so far, uh, gave up a lot more points than we typically expect from them. So um, I think that, uh, you know, Ohio State is just going to cruise to a win this week, I'm expecting, and uh, probably winning the Big 12, 10. So it is going to be very interesting if these teams keep it up, where we're at right now, how these, you know, these top four – it's basically looking at the Alabama LSU, whoever comes out of that, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. So, um, you know, it'd be nice to have a, a new team in there, some sort of surprise. Maybe we see a Penn State or, or somebody else knock off one of these other teams. But right now it's looking at four just supremely dominant teams. Um, and, you know, I think we all kind of expected that, but that that's where we're at. Uh, but going back to what you were asking about the big board, mm -hmm. um, I 
tying this all in with LSU, I, I would have to say the, the biggest mover was Joe Burrow. I've been steadily sure. tying him up the big board, and I put him in the top five. I mean, this his quarterback performance week in, week out, now that he's playing – uh, you know, conference play games, Mississippi State, the, there are no slouches there. They have quality defense. Um, you know, he just carved them up for another 300-plus yards, four touchdowns. And, uh, you know, what can you say about this guy at this point? I mean, this guy was not really on the draft radar to start the season. He had had a very indistinguished career. Um, you know, last year he didn't even complete 60% of his passes. Uh, just he was very much a game manager at that, and now he is leading the LSU Tigers. This is the best pass attack that I can remember LSU having, um, and it's very impressive to see what he's doing. And I think they're going to give Alabama uh, uh, quite a few problems. So, especially if Tua's injury is more significant and um, hampers him. So, I, I think Joe Burrow is is the winner of the draft risers through the first two months of the college football season by far. Sure. And we always see that uh, every year or it feels like we always see that where a quarterback comes out of nowhere and then all of a sudden is, is, you know, a huge name for the first round. Um, what about on the other side of that, which player or players in your recent big board updates saw the biggest drop or fall? Well, there were some injuries. Um, of course. Yeah. You know, I, I had taken Dylan Moses off already. Some of the other guys uh, I bumped down, Bryce Hall from Virginia, just a little bit. I don't think his injury is too significant, or I don't think his injury will uh, hamper him too much. Um, I uh, I definitely bumped down a couple of receivers who came into the year with higher expectations. Uh, Jalen Rigor from uh, TCU being one of them. Uh, hasn't looked great. Hasn't put up the numbers people were expecting. Um uh, you know, there's some other quarterbacks and receivers who came in with a bit more hype that I, I bumped down some. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just a process. And after two months, it was a good time to really do a big update and and kind of take stock into what, what's happened this college football season, where some of the injuries, uh, who's grown, who's regressed, uh, who didn't do as expected. So, um, you know, I wanted to take that time and really – go through the board this past week and the board where we're referring to is of course on on the clock um which is our mock draft simulator which you can obviously use by going on fanspeak.com and you can pick your team be the gm and simulate the 2020 draft and it, it really does help you learn about these players too um but one more question steve in regards to your your big board um you know, we talked about Joe Burrow again around this time of year. You always hear about more quarterbacks being talked about, especially by teams that are, you know, starting to feel that need. You know, like, for instance, this year, obviously, the Dolphins, the Bengals, maybe a team like the Buccaneers who might need to go back out and redo, you know, uh, go for a first round quarterback again. So who who are your QBs? Right now, at this point in the season, which obviously this could change immensely before April, who are your QBs right now with a first round grade and in what order? Uh, I I still would put Tua as the top quarterback. Um, you know, he is smaller than you you would like, but we've seen, uh, you know, guys like Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, who were, you know, not not the largest quarterbacks uh, hitting those, like, 6'3 threshold that you typically like for quarterbacks come in these last couple of years. Some were more running quarterbacks, of course, but uh, I, I think – He's still my number one quarterback. I have Joe Burrow now as the number two. I moved Justin Herbert down to the number three spot. And then uh, Eason from Washington is now my fourth quarterback uh, with Jake Fromm kind of the, is the fifth guy for right now. Okay. So all have potentially fifth or first round grades. Yeah. Uh, Fromm is, he's looking more like a Mason Rudolph type of a prospect at this mm -hmm. point. Um, not the high upside. I still think, you know, he gets high marks of being a leader. Um, he does, you know, he's had some good games in his past. This year has been a weird year for Georgia football. Um, you know, this past game he attempted 12 passes uh, against Kentucky for 35 mm -hmm. yards. It was a rainy day. It was a soggy day. Um, but, you know, he he's not had he's not had the opportunities, and they had that disappointing loss a couple weeks ago. 
um, to really elevate his stock this year. Okay. Um, well, now, guys, let's wrap up college football by giving your game of the week. Brad, tell me your game of the week you're watching and why. Um, it actually kind of goes off with something uh, Steve said um, about how this is one of the best LSU passing offenses he's seen. Um, fun fact, Joe Burrow actually just set the school record for touchdown passes um, in a season, and there's still five games left. So, wow. you know, but that also leads into my game to watch, and that is LSU versus Auburn. Um, nice. I think that will be a real test um, for Auburn and LSU, obviously, because, you know, they're both good teams and whatnot. But that's also going to be the highest-ranked matchup this weekend and definitely have, will have the most viewers. So, Absolutely. Steve, is, is that yours, or what's your game, college game I mean, of the week that, to watch? That's definitely a key game. The, the Ohio State-Wisconsin game, um, even though Wisconsin's coming off the loss, they, they're still a talented team if, if they can go in to Ohio State. And, and I think this maybe would be a different scenario if they were playing at Wisconsin, but I, I see Ohio State uh, kind of showing their dominance. I think the game I'll, I'll go with is the uh, Notre Dame-Michigan game. Uh, Notre Dame would be coming in on the road. Michigan is – they're still ranked. They're, they're in the top 20. They're 19. Notre Dame's eight right now. Uh, Notre Dame's one of the few teams I think has a shot to take a top four spot. Um, you know, if they went out and if, you know, I, I think they'd need a little help in that, but they need to win this game and they need this for their resume. Um, so I, I'm watching that game to kind of see if, if they are more for real or not. Okay. All right, guys. Well, let's shift over to NFL and do our uh, NFL kind of point counterpoint here. I'm going to ask the same question to both of you. And we're going to start talking trades because obviously we're less than a week away from the trade deadline, but it feels like the trade deadline is, you know, already, you know, been here because it's just, you know, last week was full of trades. This week we had like a flurry of trades. So um, with all these trades um, and the trade deadline, trade deadline approaching, who do you think are the biggest winners and losers so far? I'll let you go first, Steve. Uh, well, I will definitely say that I think um, I think the the Rams made a couple big moves, um, and I think they're clearly going in for it. And it's a tough division. I mean, we see the 49ers are still undefeated. Seattle, you know, they lost uh, their head of the Rams, so. Um, you see why the Rams are making a lot of moves, but I like what they've done. I think adding Ramsey, uh, you know, if they get hot at the right time um, and make the playoffs. This is a team with a ton of elite star talent on there. Um, you know, defense with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald seems pretty unfair. Um, you know, they need to get their offense clicking, but if the Rams get hot, that the moves that they made could maybe be what you look back and say, this is why they won it this year. So I'll give the Rams that nod. And then, you know, the Patriots, I think they, they saw a need, they've plugged it. And I think Sanu is going to fit in perfectly with Brady in that offense. So um, I'll say they're the early winners, but obviously a lot of teams uh, could, depending on how these moves shape up. Is there any losers in your mind, Steve? Um, I think it was odd what the Lions did trading uh, <clears throat> trading um, uh, loss in the DB. Um, this is a guy who, uh, you know, I think he was a pro bowler for them. Like, he, he played generally well um, to the Seahawks uh, yesterday. That, that was a surprising move because you saw all the other um, Detroit Lions defensive players on Twitter and uh, when they talked to the media, they were shocked. And it seems like, you know, I know they're kind of in a hole and they're fourth in their division, but they've been competitive in every game and yeah. they could easily get hot and, and shoot for a wild card. It'd be tough, but it, it seems like the team might not be happy with that. And uh, just for a fifth round pick, they might've upset the apple cart there for no, no good reason. Sure. So, Brad, I'll jump to you. Who who do you see as the biggest winners and losers so far with the trade deadline looming? So, uh, in both my winner and loser, I have the Seahawks Lions trade that Steve was just talking about. Yeah. Um, the Seahawks desperately needed some more help in the secondary. They were had one of the worst secondaries, right. and they get a, a Pro Bowl safety for pretty much free. They get him. 
and a seven, uh, another draft pick just for one draft pick. That yeah. isn't even that high in the fifth round. So I think I think the Lions. I mean, is that then thrown in the towel? Like, also, I think they could have gotten more for him because um, he is a good player. Um, so I think the Seahawks winners, Lions losers. But I think another winner is uh, the Ravens getting Marcus Peters. They get a, a top level cornerback without paying the uh, two first round price of uh, Jalen Ramsey. And sure. sure, he's not as good as Jalen Ramsey, but. I'd rather have Marcus Peters than not. So <laughs> I think, and then he paid off the first game, pick six on Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think that's a good trade, good pickup for the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brad, I'm coming right back to you because I want to talk Cam Newton. Um, obviously Kyle Allen's been undefeated as the quarterback. Um, they do have a very tough matchup this week going against um, the San Francisco 49ers. That defense is scary. But how do you see this QB situation shaking out? And locally, what are what are Carolina fans saying? Do they want Cam back? Do they not want Cam back? What's what's your take on all this? Um, so there's this is a very heated topic with some some. I'm sure um, yeah. we're all on the same same side, but we get very frustrated with the other side, and that side is. Kyle Allen should be playing over a healthy Cam Newton. Kyle Allen has done what he should be doing as a game manager, essentially. Right. You know, he hasn't looked bad, but he hasn't looked holy cow, this is our future. Right. And But there's a very vocal uh, part of the fan base that thinks Kyle Allen is the future and that Cam Newton should be traded. Okay. Um, they're so wrong. that's not, that I was gonna say they're they, wrong. They, and they, uh, that. they yeah. they tend to be, I've seen um, online. They're they they tend to be um, the redneck portion of the Carolina fan base, <laughs> and more of the uh, uh, quarterback not throwing picks, even though Colin has like five fumbles on the year. Um, right. And it's very they never liked Cam, and this is the perfect chance for them. Like uh, Cam's not even that good. He couldn't win against the Tampa Bay Bucks, and then look at Kyle Allen beat them even though James threw like seven picks or whatever. Right. It's, there's a very, it's the, it's pretty much, have you liked Cam Newton in your lifetime or have you not? And it's a, right. if you never liked Cam Newton, you don't think he's, has ever been good. You know, that MVP was a gift. The, cause like healthy Cam Newton is elite. He's as good of a quarterback in the sense of winning games by any means necessary. Um, I mean, just look at 15 in one season and then, before he got hurt against the the Steelers last year, he started off six and two, and he was on a pace to have a better year than his MVP season. And then he gets hurt. Clearly, you can tell couldn't throw the ball for the ten yards. And then the beginning of the season, he was playing hurt again. He didn't run the ball at all, and which is a big part of his uh, his offense and right. uh, you know his produ- productivity. And sure. so. We haven't seen healthy Cam since week nine of last year, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's frustrating because there's a a healthy group of people that think Kyle Allen is superior to Cam Newton, and I don't believe so. So um, the way I see this going, if Ron Rivera knows what's good for him, he'll just let Kyle Allen play until Cam's healthy. I think that's the the best thing about this situation is that. You know, if Khan went two and two, one and three, I think Cam would have been out there this week. Okay. Um, so this but, forces them not, or doesn't force them to rush Cam, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the best situation because if you, it's all about getting Cam 100% healthy. He's Kyle Allen's put us in a great position to really fight for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we still play the Saints twice, um, but you know, at least fight for a wild card position. And I think that's the best we could have hoped for in the situation. Oh, and then I, I do think um, people are forgetting the fact that Christian McCaffrey has <laughs> the most scrimmage yards out of, you know, anyone per game. Um, and I, I think, I think Kyle Allen's getting a lot of credit from, for that. Um, like when, if you watch the, uh, the Tampa Bay game in London, they kept talking about Kyle Allen compared to Cam Newton this season. And, you know, Cam Newton was hurt. It was just totally disregarding the fact that great defense, great running back, you know. Right. They've been really carrying the, the load, but right. Kyle Allen's been not messing it up. And which is 
amazing because how many people can trust their backup quarterback like that? So not many, right? I'd say so. It is a good, it is a you know a good situation, a blessing to have. Um, let me ask you this, and forgive me if I should know this, but you know, coaches or teams aren't always totally one hundred percent honest. Do you guys like kind of get a sense of how healthy Cam is? Like what percent along he is? Like when you said we need 100% healthy Cam, where how far along do you think he is from what you're hearing? Uh, a lot of people thought, you know, we with the bye week last week um, that he would come back for San Fran. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think so. He's probably about 85 plus. You know, he's almost there. Like one more week and he's 100. And you know, Cam Newton. I mean, most football players play on 85% plus, you know, um, especially later on in the season. And I think it, I think it really helped, you know, we're not in a must win situation. I mean, every week is must win, but more so than if we had lost any game with Kyle Allen. Right. So I think, I think this is the the right move because, I mean, even if we're four and three, you know, we still have... We get to play the Falcons twice. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not too upset but with losing with, you know, an undefeated 49ers team that looks pretty legit. So, Right. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, obviously you don't want to lose this week, but um, is your assumption that after the next loss then that Ron Rivera would then put Cam back into the lineup? I, I don't think anyone truly knows win or lose this weekend. Will Cam mm-hmm. be playing the next week? Personally, I hope win or lose, Cam's playing. Um, okay. I, I do think lose, Cam's playing. Win, no one really knows. Um, gotcha. Yeah. It's like, say we win fourteen to thirteen with two McCaffrey or you know McCaffrey scores and then the defense scores. Right. And then Kyle Allen throws three picks. You know. Yeah. Who? Who? I mean, I would play Cam, even though Kyle Allen just won his game. Right. Um, I like the air quotes. People can't see that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> you know, quarterback wins is a very great stat to go off of. But right, um, I that's the real question. I don't think anyone a hundred percent knows. I don't even think Ron Rivera knows. Um, right. If if we win, who starts next week? Right. Okay. Well, it's fun getting it right from directly from a, a Carolina Panther fan. You know, their your take, and so you have a. A uh, very impassioned take, and I like it. Steve, what you know, hearing what Brad said, would uh, what's your take on all this with Kim? Uh, I I think Brad is right, and, and I mean I think the the thing that he just said is the most correct thing, and that's you know quarterback wins is not a legitimate stat. There, football is by far the most team game. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can have quarterbacks with absolute dominant performances. And they lose, and we see it happen all the time. I mean, you know, Matt Stafford had a pretty good game this past Sunday uh, as Marvin Jones hauled in four four of his touchdowns and over 300 yards, and they lost, and they lost by two scores. Um, They were just out – they were outclassed. They were outclassed. Um, You know, Cousins matched from touchdown for touchdown, and the defense and and Dalvin Cook couldn't – you know, Detroit didn't have an answer for them. So – you know, I think when it comes to Carolina, I think you got to give Kyle Allen a lot of credit for keeping them in the games and, and keeping it close and being the game manager. Uh, but this has been, you know, the Christian McCaffrey show. And he is, I mean, he deserves probably to win the MVP right now um, because he he's keeping this team winning and, and uh, helping them get through this. And Likely when Cam comes back, because, you know, I don't know if he'll truly be 100% uh, or, or what we expect Cam to be at when they say he's 100%. And it's likely going to be McCaffrey the rest of the way. But, you know, Brad is right. When when Cam is healthy enough to be effective, he is a top 10 quarterback and he has just streaks of brilliance and, and just dominant play. Um, and, you know, I think that they need him... Uh, because they do have a tough stretch. Uh, they do, as Brad mentioned, they have two games against Atlanta. They have a game against the Redskins. But other than that, they play a lot of tough teams. Um, you know, Saints twice, Colts, um, Packers, I know, is in the mix. So uh, they're going to need Cam for those games. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he won't win them all. And I'm sure he might not even have a great stat line in all these games. But 
Kyle Allen hasn't had a great stat line. Uh, they need Cam back, his arm, um, get that downfield passing back. DJ Moore, that's what they went out and drafted him for. Um, you know, they have these playmakers now, and Cam's the guy who can unlock them. Uh, so hopefully he can come back soon. I, You know, it's tough to say when he'll be ready. I think it's probably good they're not trying to rush him back, especially in a game like this on the road, 49ers, that defense, that defensive Ooh, line. Yeah. Um, you know, he needs all the mobility and health that he would have to play this week. So I'm glad to hear they're not rushing him. You know, hopefully the Panthers can get a little lucky and win uh, for their sake. But even if that's the case, as soon as Cam can reasonably come back, he should be back. Sure. Okay. Well, now let's talk about some teams um, that um, are kind of underperforming, some teams with the losing record. And do you think any of them, Brad, I'll go, go to you first, realistically have a chance to make a playoff run? There's some teams that even had high expectations, like you know the Lions or the Chargers. So do you think any of these teams at three and four, or even worse, I guess, um, have any chance at making um, a bid for the playoffs, Brad? Um, yeah, the, the one I think that has a, a decent shot is the Eagles. Um, oh. <laughs> Sorry, I almost vomited on there. <laughs> no worries, no worries, I understand. Oh. Um, they still have four divisional games left. They have to win them all. They still get to play the Dolphins. They have to win that one. Redskins. Um, yeah. If they <laughs> then if they beat the Bears, which look like a very winnable game now, um, I mean that's six wins. That makes them nine and four. Then the other three games are the, the Bills, the Seahawks, and the Pats. They go one and two in those games. They're ten and six. The only way they end, I see, is if they beat out Dallas. So they will need some help with Dallas losing some games, but they get to play them again. I think that might be the only three and four slash worst team that I could realistically see. Because um, I the, some of the other ones just don't look good. Like the Chargers, just, just, I don't know. You yeah. know, it's it's the, they're finding weird ways to lose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the most Chargers loss this yeah. past Sunday, just yeah. fumbling on the goal line. And <laughs> I I think you know all these guys you hear that are holding out and aren't attending camp. You hear you know Zeke's and Cabo. I think uh, <laughs> I think Melvin Gordon was on Twitter, and you know he just is not. He's getting less than three yards per carry or something like that. And it's it's bad. Um, it's bad. Yeah. So. I, I just don't think they have the talent to, and we'll see if they can turn it around. But, um, you know, I don't see anyone else really having not only the talent, but they have to have a good schedule as well. Right, right. Yeah, now that we're getting close to that halfway mark of the season, it's almost like the line is dividing. You're kind of seeing who who really has a shot and who doesn't. So, Steve, of the teams that are that currently have a losing record, do you see any that can make a, a run for the playoffs? Um, uh, you know, I, I do think the Eagles, because they it's them in Dallas for one spot. Right. Um, likely, yeah. likely the wild card is not coming out of the NFC East. So, um, you know, Eagles have pretty good odds. But I will say there there is potentially a team in the AFC that could. Because right now you look at it and, you know, the Patriots have their division and, and the Bills likely a wild card. Maybe somehow that that swaps, but either way, those two teams should be in the playoffs. But you know, Colts and Texans are only up by a game uh, or game and a half in the Colts' case. Um, you know, Jacksonville though they just trade away Jalen Ramsey in Tennessee. You know, who knows? Maybe Ryan Tannehill shows them some signs of life. Tennessee is a good defense. They have Derrick Henry. We've seen that team get to the playoffs uh, very similarly built a couple years ago. Um, I think it's a stretch, but you know. It, could just only take one injury on Houston or, or Indy to, to swing that division. Um, and then the Chargers also. I mean, who knows how long Mahomes is going to be out. I know the Chargers have had just terrible health, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They're missing like five starters right now. But, um, you know, if, if Mahomes is out and then doesn't come back effective, that could quickly become a race. Uh, and then finally in the AFC North, uh, you know, and not just for the actual division, but for the other wild card spot. I mean, that is totally up in the air at this point. In the AFC North, you know, the Ravens barely squeaked by the Steelers, um, and 
they lost the Browns, you know, maybe the Browns get hot and the Ravens have had some struggles and uh, they did have an impressive win out in Seattle, but I, I just wouldn't put that cart before the horse just yet. Um, because I, I just don't see any of these teams as really complete teams outside of the Patriots. And I mean, Bills might be the second most complete team. And that's what Josh Allen, at quarterback has been extremely inconsistent. So um, with, I just think there's a lot up in the air in the AFC right now. Uh, right now, I'd say the Colts are likely to win their division or at least a, a wild card spot. But who knows that we see that AFC South change pretty much every week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now let's talk about the games this week, and that'll play a big role in deciding um, wild card and playoffs. Um, Brad, what is your game to watch this week on the in, in the NFL? Or if you want to, if you see any upsets uh, this week, you can feel free to throw that in too. But what's your game of the week for NFL? Um, so before I answer that question, I wanted sure. to just make a couple of notes on what Steve said. Yes, um, of course. I, the second wild card spot in the AFC is wide open. There's no one nailing that down. It's it's anyone's ball game. Um, he made two points uh, to Jags if they get Foles back and he comes back to, you know, Nick Foles levels. You know, they can make a run. Um, their schedule is not terribly difficult. Um, and then, uh, as more of a side note, um, Andy Reid said today that Mahomes pra- or pra- Mahomes practiced a little bit today. Um, I think and, that, and that he would have continued playing on Thursday if uh, if he was allowed to. So I don't know if that's necessarily the smartest thing. I just think that goes <laughs> to show how tough Mahomes is and how much he wants to play. Yeah. So, um, I just thought that was a fun thing. What you, when is he? When is he expected back? So at first, I read like four to six weeks, and then very shortly after that, it was like two to three weeks. Right. Um, but I mean. They have a they have a buy next week, yeah. I think. And so I I wouldn't be shocked if he came after that from what I'm hearing um, you know, today about how he's jogging already. Um wasn't he throwing balls at practice today too? Yeah. Yeah. So that is wild. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he came back after the bye week. This is a, a timely buy for the the Chiefs. Almost right. timely buy, but um, right. but going back to the original question. Yeah, um, no, I like the point. Games too. to watch. I have one for each conference. Uh, Panthers, 49ers. Um, obviously, 49ers undefeated. Panthers, if they win, kind of puts them in that next tier after, kind of like with the Seahawks, um, that next tier beneath the, the division winners as a, a playoff spot. And then even if they lose, I don't think it's like a, the worst game to lose. You know, 49ers look really good so yeah. far this season. And you know, there's still a lot of winnable games down the, the stretch that they will have to win. But um, the other game I have um, highlighted or circled are the Raiders versus the Texans. Um, I think it's a big game, not only for the Texans, but the Raiders are 3-3. Three and three. They're second in the division. Don't think they'll win the division, but like I said, the that second wild card spot seems to be wide open, and the winner of this game could have the tiebreaker if yeah. the Raiders play slightly better defense um although they just traded one of their corners so i don't don't know what they're doing but (laughs) to the texans nonetheless yeah 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 oh that's exactly so the the raiders have the record throughout the season to where they're still in the conversation i don't think they'll stay in the conversation but i mean it's nfl they can totally win this game and you know be four and three and uh they still get to play the broncos again and they play the Chargers twice, so if they don't get healthy or figure it out, that might be, quote-unquote, easy wins. Right. No one is easy. Right. But like you said, that game has AFC playoff implications mm-hmm. for sure. Steve, what are your NFL games to watch this week? Well, I think it would have been the Green Bay-Kansas City game if Mahomes was playing. And oh, for it, sure. You know, that would have been the State Farm game. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, so I'm sure State Farm is pretty upset that Mahomes is going to miss. But Oh, my gosh, that's good, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think it's the 49ers-Panthers is by far the best game on the week. That's the, the, you know, really the only game with two uh, teams with winning records. Um, there are other games that have some playoff implications. I think the Philly-Buffalo game, if Philly does want to take over Dallas, 
they need to win some of these games. They need to beat Buffalo, uh, go on the road and beat Buffalo, which is not easy the way the Bills have been playing. So I think that will be an interesting one. I think, you know, uh, I'd call this the, you know, kind of what we were just talking about, the get-right game, the Chicago uh, Chargers game. You know, Chargers were a 12-win team last year, you know, in the AFC Championship. Bears were one of the best teams last year, both looking like shells of themselves this year. Um, if either team wants to be serious in the playoffs, you know, they need to they need to start showing it. So, um, you know, obviously the Bears are at home, so that that's an advantage there. Uh, but both teams need some help. So I think that's interesting. And then the other thing that I'm looking at this week is just some of the potential blowouts that we could see, um, you know, those uh, Vikings Redskins game tomorrow, Seattle at Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, the, <laughs> the Bengals going into the, you know, playing the Rams. Um, you know, there are, uh, there, there are some ugly, potentially ugly, ugly games this week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if any of these games are end up being competitive. Absolutely. Well, that was a great point about the uh, State Farm game. But I just realized uh, um, if if this year, if the Super Bowl was to be Green Bay, Kansas City in the NFL's 100th year, that would be kind of cool because that was the first Super Bowl, right? Yeah. If it, and, then, and then the State Farm, it has two narratives to it, but... <laughs> Oh Just realized that as you were talking about the State Farm game. <laughs> oh, man. All right. With that, let's move on to fantasy football. So um, I'm going to ask you guys both uh, questions on some pivotal fan- fantasy football questions to help make some decisions this week. Um, and I'm going to start with, and we've kind of touched on this, there are, are a lot of um, got a good st- skill position players like Christian McCaffrey playing some stout defenses like San Francisco. So are you going to play any skill position players, let's say on, on DraftKings, um, against tough defenses like New England, San Francisco, Buffalo? Um, I'll go start with you this time, Steve. What, what are you going to do in that, those situations? Uh, boy, it, it's it's tough. I mean, we've seen it, – it's not just that the matchup is tough, but we also – their price is so high. You need so much from them still. Um, you know, we saw it last week um, where, you know, Saquon Barkley, not that he had a tough matchup, but coming back from an injury, you just didn't know if he'd have the volume, um, all that kind of stuff, and, and you'd have to pay a high price to get him. And I feel kind of the same way with uh, the situation with, like, say, McCaffrey, um, just because I do feel like that's a really tough matchup uh, on the road. And, you know, I know last week, the Redskins had some early running success, but a lot of that was rain-induced of defensive players slipping and stuff like that. I, I just don't think that McCaffrey at that price is going to get you there. Um, he'll probably be okay. He'll have a safe floor for like 20 points or so um, in, in DK scoring, but I just find it tough. You know, at, at 9,200, I mean, you kind of need him to get 40 points almost, and that's going to be tough to do. Yeah, and obviously if you're playing season long, you're not going to sit guys like McCaffrey or Beckham against New England or the Philly guys against um, they're both playing Buffalo. But, Brad, or in DraftKings and Daily Fantasy, would you play any skill position players against these tough defenses? Um, uh, I would try and stay away. Um, I mean, McCaffrey's going to get the volume. I mean, this could yeah. be another, like, 8 to 10 catch game. But, you know, if it's only going for 40 yards, you know, that still doesn't help much. Um, he'll get the volume. Um, the uh, In the Browns game, you know, Chubb, he'll also get the volume. But, you know, you're really kind of relying on him to break one, um, mm-hmm. which he more than capable of doing. But that's not something you really want to rely on. But um, maybe not the worst GPP play. But there's a lot right. of, like, I'd rather play Bell that price range pay up a little bit um i think he will do better than chubb um but uh i think um dallas goddard wouldn't be the worst play um he's already very cheap Uh yeah and uh i think you know he's going to be the the third focal point on the uh philly off the passing offense for philly you know after Ertz and alshon um 
you know, he had a great game last week. He did. And, yeah. You know, I it wouldn't be, you know, I'm not banking on him to go off or anything because it is a good defense he's going up against. But I think he's 2,800. I don't oh, that's think, a, that is a good GPP play. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I I, I see myself playing him um, a little bit more than any other guy out of these three teams at first skill positions. Sure. Okay. And then, um, who is your favorite quarterback this week in the low tier and the mid tier? Or excuse me, the low tier and the high prices um, on DraftKings, Brad. Um. Uh, I like. Uh, Matt Moore a little bit. Um, I, I don't think he's – he has the receivers that have, you know, can get 100% yards after the catch um, with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Nico Hardman, Sammy Watkins if he plays. You know, they're all guys that can get 50 extra yards on a 12-yard pass um, with ease. Right. And even when they were up, you know, against the Broncos, who were clearly not going to come back – one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> but they were still throwing the ball. Like, they're winning 20-plus points, and Matt Moore's out there slinging it. Um, I don't think Andy Reid believes in a run-first offense. You know, they're going to also have to throw a little bit, um, assuming, you know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is scoring six touchdowns again. But, you know, he can. He can. That's the thing. Like, he's good enough that he can. And if – they don't move the ball in offense, the Chiefs. Um, they could find themselves in a quick hole and just more and more passing. So I don't think that's, you know, a ter- terrible play for the, his price. And then another one is Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Um, they that's actually Tampa look, Bay. Yeah. yeah, Tampa Bay. Um, I think Derrick Henry is not a good play. Uh, I think this, if, I want to make sure I get the stat right, but it's something about Tampa Bay hasn't let up over you know, 50 rushing yards, except for Alvin Kamara. Um, right. And they faced McCaffrey twice, um, you know, Todd Gurley, um, you know, some other good running backs, but their pass defense is, you know, as bad as anyone's. Um, so I think Tannehill, they also, he didn't look, you know, he's not amazing looking on Sunday, but he looked more competent than Marcus Mariota. And, right. you know, Corey Davis actually had a pretty good game. Um, AJ Brown looked, you know, he's all, he's looked good all year, but he continued to look good, you know. And you know, Tannehill naked might be the way to go because um, the way the Titans they kind of spread out the, the passing targets. So I was gonna say, did Brown get more targets? Because he just hasn't been getting the targets. Did he get they, more targets this I week? I think I think uh, Davis had eight. Brown had seven. Well, but Davis, more, it, yeah. but, but I think Davis had seven catches, so and yeah. the touchdown. So right, um, right. His game looks a lot better. Right. But I, I wouldn't really. I don't think one of those receivers are really going to go off. Right. But um, I, I think Tannehill could be fine. You know, he he rushes the ball a little bit. You know, more yeah. than a Tom Brady or something, or even like a Matt Stafford. Um, so I, I think those would be the the go to low-priced plays okay do you have any high up at the top is there any high price yeah, ones yeah. That you like? um, my two favorite are josh allen um yeah and deshaun watson allen facing beat-up secondary and another pass funnel yeah yeah and then even then you know he doesn't have to throw for 300 yards to be relevant on um fantasy so you know 80 yards of a touchdown or even just 120 rushing yards. You know, we saw Lamar Jackson. He didn't throw for 150 yards, and he scored like 26 DK points. Yeah. You know, that's that's not something out of the realm of possibility for Josh Allen. Um, and then Deshaun Watson, uh, kind of mentioned it earlier, um, kind of a almost a must-win game, but, you know, they, they really got to keep up with the Colts and their division. And... Um, the Raiders just traded their uh, one of their corners um, to the Texans, um, along with the Raiders gave up, I think, the most 20-yard passing plays uh, oh, a game or some, yeah. something like that. I forget the exact stat. I should write these down more often. But, um, <laughs> no, you're good. So That's your job. I, you're good. <laughs> I could see someone like Kenny Stills really opening up the field down. 
opening up the, the offense downfield. Um, and then, you know, I, I just think Sean Watson's really going to put it on the Raiders. Yeah, it'll be interesting if he fills in for, the, you know, the Will Fuller role. Um, Stills, that is. Um, okay, Steve, what do you think about Brad's low price, high price quarterbacks? Do you have any to add or different? What are your thoughts on the quarterback? Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think it's definitely a weird week where there's some great options at the top, but there are a few guys down low. I probably won't be playing them, but you know, if you're playing a lot of cash, you need a cheap quarterback to get you 20 points, or you, know, you want to take a shot in a smaller tournament. I think Tannehill is in play. I also would say, uh, you know, this sounds sounds ugly, but uh, Mitch Trubisky is in play. Um, must win. Home. <laughs> Chargers have zero pass rush. Without Ingram, they're missing three defensive line starters. Two safeties are out. Uh, you know, they just got shredded by Ryan Tannehill uh, and the Texans offense that hasn't that the only other team they shredded were the Atlanta Falcons. So I think that somewhat puts in perspective what they are. And Trubisky does have some running, um, running floor. He hasn't done it this year, but last year he ran a lot. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's a ceiling. I don't think there's a 30 point ceiling, but 20 points at 4,900 is definitely doable you know, 20 to 22, somewhere in that range. Um, it's risky, it's ugly, but they, you know, they, they will probably, they'll probably get you around there. Um, but really where I want to play is at the top. I mean, I think you just go down the list and it's just elite quarterback, great matchup. I mean, Russell Wilson at Atlanta, give me all of that, you know, uh, do you worry though about the? It seems like when Russell Wilson blow out, then then it seems like a running game risk that you don't yeah, get ceiling. You know the the latest thing I saw is Matt Ryan will play. Seattle's pass defense is pretty bad, so if Matt Ryan plays, even with them trying to waste Sanu, you know this is a team still with Julio, still with Calvin Ridley, still with Austin Hooper. Um, you know they they should be able to move the football. So if Ryan plays and is, can stay healthy throughout this game. Uh, you know, Seahawks don't get a lot of pressure. Um, it's in it's in a dome, so we won't have the weather issues um, that has plagued Seattle a couple times. I, I just feel like this could be a fast track. You know, there's nobody on the Falcons who can cover Lockett, you know, or Metcalf or, well, anyone. Um, <laughs> so I just think that that is, you know, a situation. And also, I don't know if he'll be owned, um, just given that, Goff was highly owned and didn't get there because Ryan got hurt and it was such a blowout. And then Wilson's not coming off a great game. Um, I love Watson. I love that play. I love Jared Goff, Cincinnati. I mean, that's, that is a London game. Uh, but I think, I think this could be a big game uh, for them. Um, Josh Allen's a great play. And then the two quarterbacks I really like, uh, well, well, the one quarterback I really like is the guy coming back. Uh, Drew Brees facing off versus Kyler Murray. Murray's, you know, I know he didn't throw a lot this past week, but the Cardinals' offense is moving the football. They're putting up points. Um, will they versus the Saints' defense? That's a bit more questionable, but uh, again, at home, Drew Brees, high pace, could see an up and you know higher level of snaps. Kamara might, you know, it sounds like Kamara might be out, so they're probably going to have to throw a lot. Um, I do yeah, like, I was I was unsure if Kamara and Breeze were their status. So it sounds like well, Kamara's out and Breeze is definitely. Sounds like Breeze is going to play. Kamara, I think, is a bit up in the air still. Okay. Um, but you know, high ankle sprains. I just get the feeling that he'd probably miss another week. Um, mm-hmm. And, and they have a bye next week. So. Yeah, especially with how good Latavius Murray looked last week. So yeah. Um, so, anyways, I, I think Breeze is somebody who probably won't be owned uh, that much, and I just could see him coming back and have this offense going. So, um, you know, there's there's some tournament risk there for sure, but I like the savings you get from you know Watson and Wilson, and um, probably a, an ownership drop as well. So, sure. All right. Well, what other skill position players are you looking back, looking at um, at the low end and um, high price, um, Brad? Um, on the low end, um, I kind of like. Uh, um, is it Cortland Sutton? Um, okay. Yeah. With the Sanders trade, 
Yeah. And um, I don't think, I mean, the Colts have a good defense, but I'm, there's no one else to throw to on the, the Broncos. Um, yeah. Uh, he's had, you know, pretty good year so far. He's on pace for, like, what, what was it, 80 catches, 1,200 yards this year, which is pretty darn good. Um, another play, which I think will be the chalk everywhere, is Ty Johnson. Um, it still remains to be seen how much work he will get. Um, it, it was tough to say with um, being further behind. I think I do think uh, McKissick is the pass catching back. I'm not saying right. Ty Johnson can't catch passes, but um, you know he'll be you know winning. Suppose like. They're projected to win this game, um, right? And I think you know if they're up, you know, Bevel likes to run the ball, and Ty Johnson is right now. Unless they the Lions trade for a running back, um, <laughs> they should he should be getting you know close to twenty touches in this game, right? Um, another guy I like is uh, Fitzgerald. I think uh, him playing mostly in the slot. Um, P.J. Williams is out They're the slot corner for the Saints. And I think, you know, if the Cardinals want any chance to win, give it to your best receiver with a, an exploitable matchup. I think also now that Fitz has gotten a nice price uh, price drop, he's not a 6,000 anymore, where it's kind of like you, you needed him to almost score a touchdown every week. Right. He's, I think he's about 5,100. It's a lot more... Uh, there's more it allows you to work with more and not right. have to bank on him scoring a touchdown um, as far as high price plays um, it kind of goes against one of the I still think Russell Wilson's a good play but I really like Chris Carson um, yeah. even when Wilson has a good day Carson can still have a great day um, he's just getting so much work recently and you know he gets the face the worst defense um, in the league, and uh, <laughs> I, I think I think Carson should have a great day. Um, the only small concern I could ever have is if he fumbles, but that's not something you really predict or you bank on. Right, um, like that's that's inconsequential, really. Um, so I think I like Carson, and then I also like Galladay. Um, on a bounce back from last year. Bounce back. I think, you know, he's had over 20% market target market share since he's pretty much been in the league. Last week he had 4%. Um, that was an that outlier, is, yeah. That is outlierish. Even if he only gets 20% against a, a very favorable matchup, um, you know, against the Giants, I think, you know, not a good secondary, gets 20-plus 20, 20 percent. I don't think he's scoring four touchdowns like Marvin Jones is, just did, but I don't see why he can't get you know, over 100 yards in a touchdown this game. Yeah, I like the Lions in general against the Giants, so I agree. Yeah. Um, Steve, who are who are your other skill position players, high and low price? Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, Brad had a lot of really good ones there that I'm interested in. Um, you know, I, I just mentioned Latavius Murray. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, assuming Kamara is ruled out, I, I think that's what's expected right now from what I've seen. Uh, if so, to me, he's a lock and load uh, type of a play because he didn't really get priced up that much. And cards have been okay uh, versus the run, but not not great. I, I think they're overrated in that area. And, and Murray showed a lot of passing game involvement last week, so I expect that to continue. Um, I also think... Uh, you know, assuming he doesn't throw any punches and get thrown out of the game, Devontae Freeman, um, is in a pretty good spot. Seattle has not been great um, first the run. And, you know, now that's the news out there, that just puts more targets. I mean, I just don't expect Russell Gage to get the six to eight targets that Sanu was getting, um, you know, as he takes over Sanu's role. I just think those start to get filtered to everyone else. So I was gonna uh, say, does that make you like Ridley and Julio a lot more? Oh, absolutely. And I'm, you know, again, this is all contingent on Matt Ryan playing, but I am very much um, uh, like Calvin Ridley. I think, uh, you know, he's just not had the big game since I get since what you know week two, 
He's flirted with some big games, um, but I think this could be it. And, uh, you know, Julio is Julio, obviously, and Hooper has been great, but I think Ridley could have a big week this week. So um, he's a guy, you know, kind of in that mid-tier that I like at receiver. And, uh, you know, Brad talked about it, but um, at the top of receiver, the guy I am jamming in this week, I think, is Hopkins. You know, no Wolf Fuller, I do think, you know, Kenny Stills and Kute will, will, you know, have their roles. But we saw what happened last week. Hopkins finally got the target share that we've been hoping for for the last six, you know, six weeks. And, and there were some mid and downfield targets. And he finally has a good game, um, good fantasy game. No reason that's not going to happen this week um, versus Oakland secondary. And, uh, you know, for all the reasons we mentioned, this is a must win. I really think that they can Watson can have a huge game, and I think Hopkins could just have a, a monster game this week. So he's the the top end receiver I want, and uh, and Tyler Lockett, the other one I mentioned earlier. So those are the high end guys I want. Galladay is a great call for a bounce yeah. back, like the Fitz call, uh, but Ridley is like kind of the lower end guy that I'm looking at. Um, but I don't mind sprinkling in like a Kenny Stills because I think he could be in the mix. Um, DK Metcalf, you know, some of these second receivers from those spots, um, I, I think are very much in, in play. Well, I, I like all these plays you guys mentioned. I think they're all, all sharp calls. One thing I was going to put on the list and I forgot to is, um, and we, we all read, um, shout out to establish the run, um, a subscription website for, um, fancy, um, you know daily fantasy and and um they have a buy low air yards model and i am so impressed with it they had marvin jones highlighted last week how did they know i mean it's just um, that model is unbelievable they had marvin jones and they've been hitting each week on a lot of good plays and this week a couple ones that i meant to mention that are on there mike williams is on there from the Chargers for a third straight week both jets receivers robbie anderson and crowder are on there in a potential bounce back situation and there was one other, unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me. But next, we're going to start just going over the buy low, low air yards model each week. But of those uh, those players, um, I'll go with you first, Brad. Do you like uh, Williams and the Jets receivers to bounce back? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the uh, um, Gilmore's playing, you know, as good as a cornerback can play um, probably since, you know, Revis Island days. Um, right. You know, he's playing out of this world. The whole defense is playing out of this world. They're they're fooling everyone. They're just dominating. And I I think uh I think they can bounce back. I mean matchup's definitely much much better. And right. uh you know with especially without Ramsey, I don't think the Jags defense is as intimidating as, you know, yeah it's just looking see it's ago. in Jacksonville, but yeah it's not yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think this could be a, a good bounce back game for the Jets receiving four in general. Nice. Steve, what are your thoughts on these kind of buy low guys? Oh, I mean, I, you know, I think it's been a very consistent um, thing that hits, and uh, I, I would go after them. I, I especially like the, the Jets. Um, I'd probably lean more Crowder over Anderson just because I feel Anderson is just so dependent on you know, the, the big play. I mean, he doesn't have that 93-yard touchdown versus the Cowboys. His week is terrible that week. You know, like Crowder, I think he's going to get more targets and um, probably is a safer bet. Uh, so I, I really like Crowder, um, and I feel like the Jags' defense, even without Ramsey, will probably limit big plays because, uh, you know, they need this win. Uh, if their season is is going to be meaning anything this year in terms of playoff hunt, so um, I I think Mike Williams, you know, it's a little risky for what we said before about the the way the Chargers have been playing, but he gets the air yards, he gets the targets. Um, this could be the week. Uh, Chicago yeah, th- third week in a row, yeah. Yeah, Chicago's past defense has not been not been good, so uh, or as good as you'd expect. Oh, and I know the other one, Mike Evans, is back on there. And the last time he was on the buy low air yards model, that week he blew up against the Giants. So it'll be interesting 
to see how he does too. So, well, guys, any closing thoughts before we wrap up, Brad? Brad, uh, any thoughts before before we wrap up? Um, just some some big conference games uh, this week. Um, you know, high ranked, low ranked, not ranked, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'll be going to one um, with uh, the UNC Duke game this weekend. Oh, nice! Um, uh, that's very fun. Yeah, another big game in the coastal because every game is big in the coastal. It's anyone's division. Um, there'll be a lot of those sorts of games this weekend, and you know it makes even the more insignificant games like this one that much more interesting. Absolutely. All right. Well, good luck to both your Carolina teams this weekend. I need it. Uh, and Steve, any closing thoughts for you? Um, you know, I think this week will just be very interesting with the NFL. Kind of what we talked about before with uh, some of these potential blowout spots with some really bad teams. Um, I don't know if it'll finally mean the end of Dan Quinn if Seattle goes in and, and puts up a big number uh, in Atlanta, but I think that day's coming pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got to jump off. We are, um, at least Steve and I and Brad, are you watching the World Series? Got to do some laundry. <laughs> laundry? Yeah. I mean, got to do what you got to do. But yeah, we got to jump off as as... DC fans, we got to enjoy, since the Redskins make us suffer, we got to enjoy the one DC team making us happy. So hopefully we see another Nats win tonight. Go Nats. Um, but everybody, thank you for joining us. Uh, it was another fun week talking football, and we will see you next week.